Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of SSC Connects, the online YouTube and podcast um, that interviews our staff and members of the community around the COVID-19 pandemic and other issues that may be of importance to you and our newcomer community as uh, Skills for Change is an immigrant and refugee serving agency. Um, so today we're going to take a little bit of a detour and we are going to talk a little bit about the pandemic, but just as things start to move a little bit and we're getting towards a little normalcy, going back into the office, um, we're going to start exploring some different topics on the podcast and the, uh, the YouTube video. And so today I have the chair of the board of directors of Skills for Change, Azim Leela, here with us today. Welcome, Azim. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us today. What I'd like to do is explore a little bit about your past and uh, talk about your immigrant experience as you are an immigrant to Canada and um, how that's shaped uh, your experiences in Canada, both on the board as well as uh, some of your work experiences and other. So, um, so yeah, so that's what we'll explore today. Sure, sure. Um, thank you so much um, for, for that warm and kind introduction. Uh, I have the pleasure to um, the, the, the pleasure and privilege to uh, serve uh, Skills for Change as the uh, chair of the board, and uh, I also uh, am, as you mentioned, uh, an immigrant to Canada. Uh, so I'll tell you a little bit about my story, if that's what you'd like. Absolutely, that's the uh, first question I have on the list. So I just want to hear a little bit about you and your family's journey to Canada. Sure. So my story, you know, is um, fairly. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, my story is basically one where we came to Canada from Tanzania, uh, from a small town called Tanga. That's where I was born, and my mom and dad, um, you know, and, and my two sisters, uh, we we uh, we grew up in in Tanzania, which is close to the Indian Ocean, um, and I have very early fond memories of seeing crabs in the ocean and driving by and just spending a lot of time in nature. Um, and then we moved from Tanzania to Zambia, which is kind of uh, south central part of Africa. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, when I was nine years old, uh, we moved to Toronto. Now, the reasons we moved to Toronto are, you know, uh, you know, we came here because we had some family support, uncles and aunts. Uh, we had um, we had hopes and dreams of uh, having more opportunity living in a free country like Canada. Uh, and back home, there was also some tension around civil war breaking out. Uh, we were concerned that the opportunities um, in terms of education uh, were limited uh, mm -hmm. given uh, global globalization and given quality of education. So my parents um, you know, decided to uproot their family and move to Toronto. It wasn't easy because um, you know, one is my, my great grandmother, she's originally from India and then mm -hmm. she I uh, moved to Africa and my parents met in Africa and then one generation later we moved to Canada. So there's been a lot of movement yeah. which has given uh, me a very broad and global perspective. Um, I've had the opportunity since then to live in four different countries. So really try to think global and that's yeah. how it's shaping. Yeah, that's really interesting and uh, it definitely gives you that larger perspective and I think uh, very much similar to a lot of, uh, you know, uh, newcomer experiences. What year was that, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, it came in 1989. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, so very different time. And I can imagine even a different situation in terms of uh, coming into the country and the resources available than even probably now. Um, so how, like, what, how was it? Uh, what was your first experience here with that and with like Skills for Change in particular? Because Skills for Change has been around since, um, you know, 1982. And so um, I know you had some experiences as a youth. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, great question. Um, in 2003, I had the opportunity to um, receive the New Pioneers Award for the youth category. And that's how I got involved early on uh, as a youth. I think I was in my second year of university. And at that time, I was trying to be a champion and advocate for uh, youth with disabilities uh, and to empower them with technology to enable their full potential. Um, and so I really got passionate about supporting uh, youth and uh, students with disabilities. Mm -hmm. uh, I started my own social enterprise uh, when I was in my second year um, and really uh, being part of a community that values and cherishes volunteerism. Um, you know, I've always grown up in a faith and in a, in a space where we do uh, community service and give back. So uh, I think my my recognition for this, the recognition for this, uh, for, the, for the work I did, mm -hmm. um, not just in Toronto, but across Canada through taking it global and other global platforms, uh, let me provide a voice for the voiceless. Uh, and to help uh, also provide technology to, to ensure full, full, uh, full citizenship, full capacity, full potential of people. And so I'm really passionate about immigrants, about people with disabilities, um, and uh, to help people that um, who come to this country seeking that same dream. That's amazing. And just going back, because you know, you obviously did some really amazing things in in your university years to um, get that award and to also um, just you know uh, do something and give back to the community. Um, what was that experience like? You know, growing up here as a kid and like navigating the school system because you know my parents are also immigrants, but they came in 1968. So you know, you see this hopefully this projection. Uh, sorry, progression from 1968 to when you arrived in 89 to now today. Um, so what are, what are some of the experiences that you had and how do you think has, it has changed from then till now? Yeah, I mean, 30 years, 31 years is a, is a, is a long period of time uh, in which technology, uh, progressive policies, yeah. um, uh, you know, Canada has always tended to bring in lots of immigrants to generate uh, 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 you know, knowledge, capital, entrepreneurs, um, and so, you know, I think there's a huge, um, the, you know, Canada is a model country. Let, let me just kind of state that up front. We're not, we're not, we're not perfect, but we're always, we always, we always entrenched ourselves in, in multiculturalism. Uh, we never, we always appreciated, you know, this um, idea that we're a tossed salad. We're not a melting pot. Right. So I think uh, your, your, your history, your culture, your language, your food gets all embraced. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I think that's the beauty of being in Canada. And I think that's still true today. Yeah. Uh, we are a country that's founded and uh, welcomes people from all around the world. And in fact, um, you know, the Aga Khan, for example, um, has set up his Global Center for Pluralism in Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, Canada is one of the few countries uh, that really embraces pluralistic value. 
It really embraces uh, multiculturalism, diversity of thought, culture, people, race, et cetera, et cetera. And that's how we can turn that diversity and the strength into our advantage globally. Definitely, definitely. Uh, but to, to yeah. drive into your question about the school system, um, which is, I think, part of your question, yeah. uh, it wasn't easy because we had no uh, young family members who had gone through school. So my, my mom and dad had to figure it out. And to be honest, my my uh, my dad had a hard time finding work here, uh, mm -hmm. even though he was an engineer, but he didn't have Canadian experience. My dad had to go back to Tanzania. Right. My mom had to raise three kids here for a couple of years. Wow. I know you've got two of your own, uh, yeah. and I have uh, one lovely daughter named Sophia. But imagine raising three kids uh, without support, right? It's yeah. Almost, it's almost unfathomable. Um, so there are definitely uh, strains, uh, financial strains, there are uh, family stress strains, um, but I think the mindset is important. So it's good to think about what supports do you have, how can you lean in on your inner resources, whether it's spiritual or otherwise, and, and yeah. find strength to turn adversity to opportunity. Yeah. And I think that message still stays true today. If you can you know, for the people that are suffering out there looking for jobs or work or building their career, uh, let that impatience, let that frustration be used towards something constructive and positive. Mm -hmm. um, and if you can convert that impatience into something new, then serve up those ideas, uh, share those ideas, and find solutions to the problems you face. It's an amazing message. Thank you for that. And I, I think you're right, definitely leaning on those things um, can certainly help in terms of you know, keeping positive in times of uncertainty. Um, but, you know, the, the great thing is, is, and I see it all the time, is that with things like technology, you know, you can have access. I'm part of a Facebook group for my cultural community, and people are posting there all the time, like, I'm coming to Canada, and can somebody help me with finding, you know, a place to stay, or, you know, um, what are some supports for jobs and things like that? And then couple that with agencies such as Skills for Change that has settlement resources and employment and uh, uh, training programs, you know, hopefully um, newcomers to the country really do feel like they have a shot to be successful and to get careers in their field and uh, really make a life for themselves in Canada. So that's really great. Thank you for that. Actually, just to build on that point, um, you know, uh, you said uh, Skills for Change, um, you know, it's been around for 37 years and, you know, served, I think, 16,000 clients yeah. a year. So I encourage every individual searching and looking for support to tap into these supports because the government provides funding to help you for settlement, employee services, language training, mentorship. And yeah. these are all like capacities and strengths we have at Skills for Change to offer to you. So you need to also be proactive in seeking out that support uh, and we can, we can serve and support that, support your needs. Absolutely, absolutely. That's what we're here for, for sure. Um, thank you. And so, uh, yeah, so just talk a little bit about your work and, you know, what it means for you in your work and your role as chair of the board. Um, you know, just given your immigrant experience, um, yeah, t talk a, a little bit about that in terms of your work world and how you came to where you are now. Yeah, so I think um, I'll start with uh, how my immigration experience has shaped the work I do on the board. I think mm -hmm. I'll start with that. Um, so first and foremost, empathy is important. And, and with empathy and having lived that experience, yeah. 
um, you're able to empathize and, and, and uh, reflect on some of the struggles that I observed myself, but also that my parents experienced. Yeah. Um, so I think I think having the ability to um, shift your perspective mm -hmm. uh, is important. Um, and so I think that that's definitely like right off the bat, I want to share that with you. Um, I think that it's been a huge learning curve to be uh, board chair because you know you need to get out of the um, the the mindset of being hands on. Right. And you need to be able to step back and really think about what are the policies, what are the controls, what are the um, what are the checks and balances that need to exist to be accountable and have integrity and serve our clients well and be responsible for the government funds. So, really, by being uh, a board chair, it's, it's a shift in skill set um, mm -hmm. and it's a shift in your perspective. Um, and so as long as you're open to shifting your perspective, which many immigrants uh, will be able to do, right. um, it becomes an asset when you're, when, you're, when you're serving as a board chair. Um, I'd also say that in terms of work, um, mm -hmm. I tend to think about things not just from a Canadian technology or implementation perspective. I think about uh, scale and how to achieve scalability with our work yeah. globally, um, right. crossing boundaries and crossing languages and borders. Um, I think um, I think that's definitely a unique perspective that I I like to bring. Yeah. And you know what? The world is so global, and there's so much information. It's not about just innovating in Canada. It's also looking at what innovation has worked outside of Canada. Definitely. Again, a lot of a lot of companies think, oh, okay, uh, let's think about innovation from a, and build that from Canada in house. But right. it's also important to look outside and bring stuff inside. Absolutely, especially in this day and age when we're, you know, able to access so many resources across the world and connect with different leaders across the world within your same industry and really learn from each other. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really important to do so and just to be able to take best practices and learnings from, you know, uh, maybe a country that's doing something really great that we can then implement here in Canada, right? Yeah. I would also say that, you know, while technology brings us closer, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean we are closer. Right. So I, I urge everyone to build relationships um, that sure. are enduring uh, and that are based on, uh, you know, physical proximity and getting together. It's so easy to just, like you said, you know, be on a Facebook group. Or, or be on a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a group or chat, but it's important for human connection. We're social beings. And so those enduring qualities and, and relationships yeah. um, also happen you know, in person uh, because that's where true enduring bonds can be built. So you know, I think that's where the world has changed. Yeah. We, are, we, are, we are so connected. Um, it doesn't mean we're necessarily closer. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the main difference. When I think 30 years ago, I think about all the times our families, schools did things together, mm -hmm. but as we shift to a more digital world, yeah. um, sometimes we 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 have our own digital persona. You have your own um, you have your own um, bubble, and yeah. I think it's important to still maintain social relationships. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I'm a huge social being, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> that and I thrive from it. I think a lot of people do, and I know that that's why probably this situation where a lot of people are working from home can also be a challenge on that side as well. Yeah. We stay connected, like you say, 
um, online, but a lot of people need that human interaction and yeah. being able to pop into somebody's office to say hi. So hopefully we can get back there really soon. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit more about your experience as chair of the board. Sure. sure. How it's built your leadership. Uh, you talked a little bit about, you know, kind of building up this different set of skills that you, you know, would have in the workplace of just the doing and the implementing. Um, how, how is the, what, what have you learned from being chair, chair of the board? I think, um, you know, the, the, as chair, uh, you're responsible for, um, for several things. You're, you're, you're responsible for uh, ensuring the oversight of the board, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the performance of the board, the performance of the CEO, uh, performance of ensuring the right controls and that the right committees are set up. So right. I'll just give you a flavor. Um, we have we have to ensure there's strategic planning in place where we lay out the, the mission and vision and values. Uh, we need to make sure there's a performance management component uh, to to how we align to the four pillars that still for change. And the four pillars, as the board has helped shape, are enhancing. Uh, organization capacity, number one. Number two, uh, expanding the programming we offer, uh, ensuring there's funding diversification yeah. uh, from different levels of government, and, and that we have the right people management controls. So when, when we think about the role of the chair, it's about ensuring there's, we, you know, we have, we have clear pillars of, of the strategy laid out mm -hmm. uh, to make sure that we are, we are performing against the, those goals. Mm -hmm. um, and as I mentioned and touched on earlier, it's to also not be operational. It's important to uh, you know, sit back and, and observe and ask questions. And that's how we have to lead. We have to lead by asking questions, uh, not that are operational, but that are strategic and policy related and governance related. And when I say government, governance, um, it's our duty as the board and as the chair to ensure that we have the affairs of the corporation um, mm -hmm. We're responsible for those affairs, right. and so we have a, a duty to to ensure the best interest of Slope for Change and the stakeholders and the funders. We'll keep all that in mind. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of like the organizational piece. There's also the people piece. So right. when when you're working with different um, committees or different chair, chairman or women on the board, it's important to uh, communicate, collaborate. Um, it's important to have those skills to bring people together and, and, and have a shared vision in terms of how you want to proceed. So that's an important skill set. You have to, you have to stakeholder, you have to build relationships. Yeah. Uh, you also have to make sure there's independence of the board and the board is it's an independent body from the CEO or from the organization. I, I really love that. I love that you talked about this different skill set. I never really thought about it, that, but you do really have to put your mind in a different place because I think people in their workplace are so used to the doing and you know you are part of the bigger picture but here you kind of are the bigger picture right and you have to look at it from that perspective so I, that's really interesting and I think that's why a lot of uh, you know what we can probably you and I can encourage a lot of people to look up and see what boards that they can apply for and get on just to get that experience right and get yeah. you know a feel for that yeah it's a complete shift in thinking yeah uh, and, and it takes some time and patience because it's very easy to just solution or very easy to get into the details but that's not our role it's not to get operational it's to be strategic it's to be 
uh, a guiding force to be able to ask questions about controls and checks and balances. And that's where we serve and that's where our duty is met. For sure, definitely. Um, and how, just going back to the pandemic, because I know we, you know, we have been talking with uh, others in these interviews around the pandemic. Um, what do you think that, it, that that impact might be on new immigrants coming into the country? And um, a little bit about the, the jobs that could be available and opportunities, particularly, you know, in your sector, but just in general, um, what, can, what do you think um, uh, that new immigrants can benefit from in this current situation? Yeah, that's a good question. I guess um, to some degree, there's a structural component. I mean, uh, some, some industries will have different impacts or different, um, like technology will continue to run as they do. The, there may be changes in you know, how hospitals operate or, or right. how uh, PPP supply chains are gonna be reinvented or reimagined. Right. So I think there is, you know, the pandemic does bring challenges it also brings opportunity yeah. and for like all the entrepreneurs out there and also and for all the people that are anticipating what the future would look like uh, you know consider finding your niche in terms of how to meet that uh, demand or meet that um, meet that uh, opportunity that may arise from the pandemic so I would say with every crisis uh, don't don't let the opportunity slip by there's definitely opportunity uh, to to be found and to be discovered um, you know, a lot of people, for example, uh, are, are, um, are also feeling burnout. So let's be honest about it, right? Like people are, are don't have their normal routines. There's going to be right. burnout. There's going to be, you know, on your last podcast with Nergis, uh, one of your in-house mental health providers, mm -hmm. uh, she provides support to newcomers from a mental health perspective. And she talks about staying uh, grounded and staying yeah. mindful during these times. So I think I think we need to look inside ourselves yeah. and mm -hmm. uh, seek the uh, supports and resources to uh, to find strength in overcoming the challenges we face. Um, I think there's going to be uh, opportunities, but I think there are going to be losses as well. Let's be open about it. Um, I think this pandemic will also cause structural changes to our economy, and certain jobs mm -hmm. are going to go. Mm -hmm. um, so so I think in my sector. Uh, and I work in digital banking mm -hmm. uh, and digital strategy and digital analytics at, at CIBC. And, you know, I think um, it's fair to say that the banking sector is going to continue to focus on simplification. Right. It's going to focus on potential automation from end-to-end -end systems. Um, it's going to be able to be more digital mm -hmm. in terms of touch points, in terms of uh, user experience. And I think... Um, Actually, I don't think, I, I, I know seeing the data at the bank, um, uh, you know, less and less, more and more people are doing banking online yep. uh, and less people are going into branches. And with, right. with technologies like, um, like Siri, Siri or voice or chatbots or uh, e-signatures or, uh, or um, initiatives where implementation of um, AI or ML, machine learning, I think these are where the opportunities will be because a, there's massive scale and benefit to be achieved from that. But, but two, people are now worried about social distancing and worried about these behaviors being the new normal yeah. that, um, that I think uh, technology will play a bigger role in our lives. But I think we need to be mindful not to let it take over yeah. our lives. 
we still need to maintain physical contact with people in society to build trust. Otherwise, there'll be uh, otherwise there'll be uh, a potential uh, room for misunderstanding, and, and you don't want that in our crisis. Yeah, definitely, and I think that uh, certain things people still feel more comfortable working with a person, you know, face to face as well, right? Whether it's like you know, mortgage planning and things like that. Uh, I know for me, I, I, I don't like talking to somebody on the phone. I like going in person. So hope yeah. some of those uh, jobs will still continue and will grow and we will adapt in both ways. Uh, so we still have that, like you said, and it goes back to other questions that we've uh, discussed today around human interaction and melding that with the new digital world, right? So. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. And the other advice I would give uh, on a personal level um, to new immigrants coming here, you know, Canada is such a large, well-endowed country with lots of land and nature. Yeah. And so, you know, shifting our attention away for a second around, you know, jobs and raising a family and all those types of big stones in your life, don't forget to enjoy the beauty of Canada. Don't forget to embrace the natural uh, wonders of this, of yeah. this wonderful country. And, and certainly, um, uh, you know, wherever you come from, uh, there is, there is uh, so much uh, natural beauty uh, that offers inspiration and, and, and a space away from your day-to-day that I think that's important in line with making sure your mental health and family yeah. continue to grow and thrive. Because the research shows that, uh, you know, children, for example, uh, and families that spend more time in nature or, or live close to a park or, or uh, you know, or, or so they live longer and they have more higher qualities of standards of life. So yeah. don't, don't think, you know, don't think just about your career and family. Think yeah. about your mental and spiritual and uh, human well-being uh, yeah. and, and leverage the beauty we have in Canada to tap into that. Um, so I think, I think there is, there is that, that needs to be said and, and shared. And segue into my final question for you is so perfect because I was wondering what you are doing um, for your own wellness and uh, ensuring that you, uh, you know, make sure you have those pieces in place as you're working from home as well. Yeah. So you know, I think um, I've I've found a few more um, few creative outlets. So I've started to paint more. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm planning uh, a backcountry canoe trip uh, next week uh, just to get out of the city um, yeah. and, and recharge, if you will. Um, I was, you know, I'm doing some mindfulness and yoga as well uh, with some groups to keep me pure, to have pure accountability. Yeah. It's easy to say, okay, I'll do it, but then you don't end up doing it. Uh, so it's <laughs> just more pure accountability as, as you're, you're laughing, so you can totally relate, I think. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm um, so, you know, I think, um, I also think um, uh, the research shows uh, from some Harvard studies that when you write five things you're grateful for, um, mm -hmm. for one or two minutes before you go to sleep, yeah. uh, having a gratitude journal um, really can, can, uh, can, can, can uplift you and make you focus on what you're grateful for in your life. Definitely. Um, so I think gratitude journals are, are good tips to keep, uh, keep in mind. Uh, but I, I think if you don't look after, if you don't make time for you, nobody will. Yeah. So the, the message is you need to also be grounded and make time for yourself because that's the best way you can then serve and harness that energy to give back in ways that are purposeful for you. 
Definitely. I love the gratitude journal. I never did it before, but um, I noticed I started getting a bit anxious when, um, you know, the, we, we went in first lockdown and just really nervous about my health and, and wellness. And so I started writing it down right before bed and I found that I slept much better um, just putting those words down. And it is an easy way for those that, you know, may not be into journaling or things like that, that it's, it's very quick. Um, but it allows you to just reflect on what you were, you know, grateful for, for the day or just in general. So I really love that. And I do have an excuse um, to not be, you know, on it all the time in terms of my exercise. And I just had a baby six weeks ago. So <laughs> I've got a few more weeks that I can use that excuse. <laughs> well, that's, that's, you know, congratulations. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I think when we talk about immigration, talk about uh, our kids, uh, we both have kids. Uh, yeah. You know, I think it's important to teach our kids the values and the sacrifices that have been made from the past because they have this passport. Yeah. They have this global passport just by their birth. Uh, but it's come through sacrifice and uh, multi-generational change to be right. here. So I think, I think as I think about the future, it's important to reflect on our past and, yeah. and, and honor that. Definitely. Thank you so much, Azim. I really appreciate the time that you took today to be with us, but also um, just a really interesting conversation around your past and your history and bringing that here in Canada and um, just really using those uh, that, that history in terms of your experiences now and um, learning more about, you know, your uh, work on the board and as chair of the board, that was really really interesting for me personally to hear and i hope that our listeners and our viewers um enjoy the conversation as well so thank you so much for that you are so welcome and i hope uh i hope you have a great rest of the day thank you